Hello and welcome to the Umpire Roles podcast. My name is Paul Mann and I will be hosting this episode sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. Well, it was ultimately another dis- disappointing uh, game at Griffin Park yesterday. Mark Bowen's first defeat in five and a 1-0 defeat. I didn't come away feeling that it was a, a dreadful performance. Other people online and social media Slightly different reaction and people that have been to the match. I understand that. We all get emotional, don't we? And uh, what's the point in going if you don't do that? But to help me talk through the game, I've been joined by Jordan Cottle. Hello. Jordan. I've also been joined by Dave Stevens. Hi, Dave. Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. So what's like your immediate feeling after the full-time whistle, Jordan? I think I was um, pretty... Disappointed with the last sort of the second half, but ultimately came away thinking it's not a disaster. It's roughly a result I sort of expected. Um, it wasn't a performance that sort of led me to have tons of questions about the team or the manager or commitment or passion or anything like that. It was just winning a game away from home in the championship's difficult, especially against a sort of a top team. Um, and at the end of the day, it just didn't quite, we didn't quite do enough and the, the ball didn't quite fall the right way. And it just was one of those days it felt like. Yeah, I think so. I mean, do, what do you think, Dave? Do you think it was more a case of us losing the match or Brentford just being a bit too good for us on the day? Uh, it was the reverse of the, the Luton game. So like we, uh, in, in Luton game, we played really well, but then also Luton were pretty poor. So it kind of, you know, it was a bit of half of, uh, half a dozen and six of one, half a dozen of the other. But, um, this is the other way around. Like Brentford were good, but not outstanding. Um, and then we, we weren't terrible, but we just didn't, um, didn't, didn't hit our mark today. Uh, well, yesterday I should say. Um, it was it was disappointing, um, and and the initial reaction I had was one of um, sadness that we kind of had that kind of sense of frustration towards the end there, um, which we hadn't had in in the Bowen era so far. Um, but yeah, like as everyone said, it's like it's not the end of the world. Yeah, I don't think it's uh, time to be throwing the toys out of the pram quite yet. I feel that we're okay. Um, we've obviously got another tough match coming up, but we'll talk about that later. There were some pivotal moments in that game, especially in the first half. We had the George Puskas miss, which we'll come on to. But in the first half, I thought it was quite even. Brentford maybe slightly edged it, but we had the clearest chance. How did you see the first half, Jordan? Yeah, I thought I thought we did quite well to to keep them at arm's length. They they had decent spells of possession. Um, they had a few chances, a few nervy moments. They've got really good dribblers. So there were there were moments where um, they looked like they could create. But largely, you know, shots were coming in from distance or we were crowding them out. And I think we, we did quite well to stop them playing their game in that first half. The other side of the coin is I, I don't think we created a huge amount you touched on it, we created sort of the best chance of that first half, maybe the whole game. Um, but other than that, couldn't get too much in the way of, of chances. But I thought we held our own quite well. And I, was, I came away from halftime pretty, pretty happy with how it had gone and, and excited for sort of what was going to happen in the second half. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, there was obviously, uh, sadly, there was a moment at halftime which we kind of didn't know about at the time with Sam Baldock was already feeling his tight hamstring, which kind of changed the game. But there was two things in the first time. Yadam was kind of dicing with a red card in the first 20 minutes or so. Do you think he could have seen a second yellow for that tackle, uh, Dave, that he had? Uh, I think he could have. I think it's been done a hundred times before um, in situations like that. Um, watching the replay, replay over and over, which obviously I get the opportunity to do by watching it on video, um, it wasn't a yellow card offence. But um, yeah, it, it could easily have happened, especially with the fact that he kept getting a talking to by the referee. Yeah, no, that was a bit of a worry watching him. The Brentford crowd were just completely baying for his blood. They wanted him off that pitch, as you understand, as a football fan. That's the way it works, isn't it? And Yadam and Richards, what did you think of their position, like the way we used them tactically yesterday, John? Yeah, I thought it was it was quite interesting. It was a bit of a departure from how we've seen them in the past. Um, I will say that the, the vantage point I got at Brentford in the away end wasn't the best for tactical input, no, but um, really. it was it, it was obvious that that Yidin was playing quite centrally whenever we sort of had the ball. You didn't see any of those opportunities for sort of Swift to get his head up and, and switch it out to Yidin running in behind or really, really hugging the touchline. He, he was playing quite narrow. I don't know whether that was to try and be a bit cautious with how Brentford wanted to counterattack. I don't know if that was try and get a bit more dominance in the midfield but um it it did seem to to take away some of their threat um uh, we we didn't attack the same way that we we typically do um you know we rely quite a lot on those wing backs to really pin pin the sort of opposition wingers and fullbacks very wide giving a bit more space for swifty and ajaria but it, it just didn't quite. I would love to know what what Bowen's thought behind it was because it seemed very very intentional. Um, so I you know I'd love to know what what the thinking was behind there because I don't necessarily think it was was wrong or or you know just an accident or anything. But it didn't. We didn't quite see the same game from those those two positions that we rely on quite a lot. No, no, I, I agree. I don't think it was either their greatest games. But having said that, Yadon provides the pass for George Puskas in the 30th minute. We're all sat there watching it live in the ground or somewhere in America, Dave. And we're thinking, <laughs> just go through, just take a touch or hit it. Don't do anything in between. Don't try. And then he does that. He kind of gets stuck in between the two things in his mind. He's almost slowly processing it and he can't kind of get the information to his feet quickly enough. He has a poor touch. Should he be scoring that, Dave? Uh, yeah, no, no, no two ways to say it. Uh, should have been a goal. Um, so the, the first thing that's frustrating about this is his movement is what creates it. He springs that trap so well. Um, and obviously, Yadam, yeah, great pass, but um, there's like three stages to it, and each stage it drops in likelihood that he's going to score. So when he first receives the ball, keeper's already coming off his line like he had been. That keeper was like a sweeper keeper, so he's straight out. He hits it first time, probably going in as long as he gets it on target. Um, doesn't choose to do that. Fair enough. Okay, so he takes a touch. If he takes a touch and then hits it, 
okay, maybe we've got something. But first of all, the touch is terrible. And uh, and then because the touch is terrible, presumably he decides not to not to strike it. And then he gets into this game of I'm going to take it around this keeper who is basically capable of running uh, in a diving position. Like he was like, scrambling across the floor uh, with with greater control and speed than I've seen anyone do in, in the past. So then you knew the chance was gone. Um, and then he tries to hook it with his left foot and it's just not happening. Keeper smothers it. Yeah, the most uh, kind of like strange moment is he apologizes to the goalkeeper almost for a split second that he hit it too hard, him too closely. It's kind of the sympathetic side of him comes out. I understand yeah. that he's a human, yeah. but oh, the, the sinking feeling and forget the fans, all of us watching it in him knowing that's a moment when he can lead the team. And that's his role. You know, he knows that is to push it forward and get us ahead in games and... Jordan, George Puskas, how how do you view him? How, how's his season going so far? <laughs> um, it's not not ideal, probably. Um, I think I think that he's spot on in that the chances that he gets are hugely down to his movement, um, massively. And I, I I really believe that if you swap him out with one of the other options we have it's not going to be that direct comparison. It's not going to be, oh, you know, maybe Luka Zhao would have scored that, maybe Meite would have scored that, because I don't think they get on the end of those chances, because I think he makes them happen. But at the same time, he's missing a lot of them. Um, and, you know, his confidence must be struggling. He hasn't... It's, it's interesting, Bowen made the point about he clearly feels a lot of responsibility on his shoulders to be the main man, to score the goals. Um, so... I've previously said that, you know, if you've got a striker who's consistent again on the, on the end of chances, which he is, um, that eventually it'll, it'll come good. Um, I still think he will be our, he will score goals for us. I still think he'll probably end up being our top scorer. But right now in the, in the sort of short term, I wouldn't mind seeing him just have a little bit of a rest, just a little spell out of the team. Um, because we all sort of hoped that goal against QPR was going to be not necessarily the floodgates opening, but would be that turning point. He got the goal, monkey off his back, you know, let's crack on. And maybe that's just not really how this season's going to go for him. Maybe he's just going to have to sort of struggle through to get these goals. And if that's the case, and if it's not going to be a case of once he gets a couple, he starts banging them in for fun, um, then I think we maybe have to sort of think about the 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 human side of it the the mental side of it and maybe just give him a little bit of rest give him a chance to sort of think that there are other players you can take on that burden it doesn't necessarily have to be he scores and if he doesn't then we lose you know we do have other options in there plenty of options once everybody's back from injury so I wouldn't mind seeing him just sit out a couple just to sort of try and reset mentally I guess yeah, no, I, I, in an ideal world, he would be uh, kind of on the substitute bench for a few games, maybe in, in a beautiful world, in this panacea world that we can imagine. He comes off the bench and scores a late winner or equaliser mm. against Leeds yeah. United. And all of a sudden, the crowd is behind him and it lifts everything off his shoulders, like you say. But I'm not sure how that's going to work out because at the moment, we don't really have the fit options. We can't put a Lucas Jow in there. 
are we going to start Boye against him? I mean, would you want to see that, Dave? See uh, Boye come in? Uh, I would like him to keep getting played. Um, I I don't think him starting does what we need it to do. Um, so this is going to sound like the most negative approach ever to, to football. But um, when Pushkas is on uh, and and he's missing shots up the other end, the ball's up the other end of the field. We're not conceding. Um, And if you look at when he's not on the field and like the ones that come in to replace him, generally the ball comes flying back at us. So um, not to say that would happen if Boye was in there because we haven't seen him uh, for a while. Um, And Drow as well. Like It feels like he holds the ball up pretty well. But I think um, the combination of, you know, he's got it. And and a and just a, a goal or two or three or whatever, <laughs> keep adding like numbers to it because he scored at QPR and it didn't help. But um, at some point it's going to turn, and and I think the fact that at least the ball is getting kept up that end of the pitch is is worth persisting for now. Yeah, no, well I think he will play. I think he's kind of um, against Leeds. Just can't see anyone else coming in from at the moment. So hopefully he does get a goal or sets up a goal, even an assist of a goal would be nice for him because mentally, like you say, Jordan, it's really difficult when you're constantly feeling the pressure and missing chances. Nobody wants to score that more than him. So he's not going out there thinking, I want to have a bad, uh, you know, miss here. So second half comes along and Brentford definitely up their game in the second half. You could sense uh, the whole kind of mood that they were playing at, the intensity, the passing was a lot quicker. We were struggling and particularly on the wings. I felt Richard struggled quite a lot in the second half. He was really kind of being taken apart, I felt slightly. This is when maybe you miss an experienced player like Jordan Avita being there, who can just sit there defensively. I think he's a bit stronger than Richard's. What do you think on that, uh, Jordan? Yeah, I think that's that's fair enough. Um, I think it is also one of the, the difficulties with the system as well, in that... It's it's uh, the way that Brentford attacked. Obviously, they've got very very dangerous wide players. They've got fullbacks that bomb on as well. You know, Henry on the left was constantly overlapping. You've got Dalsgaard on the right who was was helping out in attack as well. And they they really targeted those areas and they were sort of trying to get sort of two on ones against our fullbacks a lot, um, or wingbacks I should say. And if you don't have sort of a, a winger sat in front of a Richards or a Yeardham, then it, it, it does make it difficult to deal with those situations because either you're getting a centre-back drawn out and you've got, you know, a Miazga pulling out wide, you've got a Moore pulling out wide to try and help with that, or you've got a midfielder pulling out there. And if you're clever and Brentford were, then you draw a midfielder out, you quickly switch it out to the other side and, you again, you've got the same situation. You've got basically Swifty, Rinomoto, Jari just doing shot runs side to side to side to side and that's what they did and they were very clever about it and they those first sort of 15 minutes or so that second half they didn't like create that much but what they did is they just kept the ball and kept it and they pulled us and they stretched us and it, it, it watching it at the time like it felt inevitable that that they were going to get a goal out of that spell even though they weren't hammering us with shots and Raphael didn't like pull off wonder saves and we weren't like desperate at the back but you could just feel it coming that that constant sort of pressure from from Brentford in that second half yeah no I I totally agree you could sense something was going to happen if any team was going to score at that point it was definitely Brentford they were just by percentages 
How much of that, Dave, do you think was the fact that Mate had come on and replaced Bulldog? And in the limited ball that he got, he was not capable of really holding it up yesterday. Yeah, I think obviously nothing comes down to one man, but uh, the difference between when we had Bulldog on there and when the ball went up the pitch, it stayed up there for a while. Um, it, it kind of... At the very least, Bulldog had it for a while, and then maybe it would a pass wouldn't come off, or a few players would be involved, and then we'd lose it. When it went up to Mate, uh, he wasn't even really winning headers yesterday, which you know at least he was generally quite decent at that recently. Um, so basically, the the ball comes straight back down again, and then Bulldog also tracks back a lot. Um, which is funny given the difference in age between those two players. Uh, Bulldog's the one that comes back and harries and, and he's, he's kind of, he joins the defense whenever we're defending. Um, and, and Mate doesn't, he kind of stays up a lot more. So I think the fact that, again, the ball then just starts coming straight back every time we clear it. And then to Jordan's point, um, they were constantly moving players around to overload. Um, and, and eventually with, with the goal itself, you see they've now overloaded just on the edge of our 18 yard box. And um, I believe, so we had like, Yadam had just tried to uh, tell the ref that he hadn't fouled the player for a penalty. Uh, and we're still going on about that. Uh, didn't close down quick enough. And and then you've got the center back starting to pull out a position as well. So yeah, it's, uh, it's all interconnected and, uh, and certainly uh, not having a striker that will harry back and, and kind of be that first line of defense um, is where the problem starts. Yeah. As you've mentioned, Ollie Watkins then scores in the 61st minute. <sighs> Raphael, is he going to have a goal that he can see that he should have saved? I mean, it seems that every single one is left completely stranded. I mean, it just must be frustrating for him because he just wants to make a wonder save at some point that keeps us in this game. But he's getting no chance. I mean, he's completely free. We've got three centre-backs and not one of them's really within a yard of Ollie Watkins. I mean, that's not really... It's not really good enough, is it, John? No, no, it was quite reminiscent of the goal that we conceded up at Bristol, really, where you've just got, you know, five people, you know, in the box, if not more, if you've got midfielders. Um, but I think we struggle a little bit with, I guess, handing off that marker from, like, one of the outside centre-backs to the wing-back. Because, again, it was yesterday. It was Moore's positioning wasn't great. You know, I saw some stuff on Twitter where he was sort of quite deep compared to the other centre-backs. And if he was more in line, he would have been able to challenge and, I think that probably is true. But also, I think you've got Watkins sort of hanging out behind Moore. You know, they always say, you know, see the player's number and stuff like that. And I guess there just there wasn't that handoff between is this Richard's man? Is this Moore's man? Who's going to take you know responsibility for this? And then the ball comes in and, and nobody's, neither of them are tight enough to go and win that. The area it comes in, I think it probably is Moore's man more than Richard's, but I think that lack of understanding was the same at, at Bristol, just not quite handing off men who's taking responsibility for that person when the ball comes in, really. Um, it seems to be a slight... I don't want to necessarily pin it on the formation because, you know, we've conceded goals where whatever formation we play, and, and that can always be the case, but it seems to be something that we've not quite nailed down with this this formation. 
No, obviously a change of manager doesn't help that situation, does it? Because they always want slight variations and movement and situation. But as we've been saying, Brentford are a clever team, really clever team. And these just pinned us back enough. It wasn't constant, like you said, uh, Jordan, it wasn't constant shot after shot. But just the quality just wore us down. And once you get that one moment, did either of you really think that we were going to get a equaliser? We hoped. But Jordan, what did you think? Honestly. Uh... I don't think I ever really thought it was going to happen. There are a few couple of moments where, you know, you get excited, sat in the away end, and and they were shooting down that way where I thought, oh, maybe it'll just fall. Um, a couple of bits of pinball in the box from long throws or corners. Um, you had the McCleary chance, which I saw the shot and I assumed it was in, to be honest, because there was either a, a big person or a bollard in my way or whatever, and I just assumed that was flying in. And then crowd reaction, I realised it hadn't. Um, that one looked destined for the top corner. But um, other than that, we weren't exactly creating chance after chance. Um, we, we were struggling to break them down. It was always going to be um, a little mistake from them or it was going to be something on the break. It, they were all like half chances. I know there was one that would have been an unbelievable goal if, if Boye had scored it, but Raphael basically just cleared it down the pitch and it was coming over his shoulder. And if he, if he, takes that first touch it would have been unbelievable if he had taken that first touch he was through on goal and it just quite got away from him and those are the sorts of things that like we created but those aren't those aren't the chances that are going to get you back into a game really yeah I remember the exact moment you meant and I just thought oh, just control that but <laughs> if you control that that is outstanding skill yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. it's not one when you've uh, really let anyone down by not getting that one but before the match, I went into the Brentford training room, uh, uh, changing room, and I saw uh, Pontus Janssen's shirt, and I thought he's going to be a real pain in the ass today, and uh, he is one hundred percent was. He is a quality defender, and I think that's another reason why we just didn't get the chances. Just led their team really well at the back. All those little chances that fell in the box, there was always blocks. Their goalie didn't have to actually make any saves. I don't think in the second half at all. So. It's a kind of frustrating one, but the Gareth McCleary one was the closest. I'm trying to think of any other chances that we could have had, but I can't think of no. any. There was one from Ajaria. Ajaria um, put it over the bar. Uh, it wasn't yeah. a million miles away, but it was never going in. Yeah, that was about the only other clear-cut chance. That was Ajaria played okay yesterday, but I think it was more the quality of the opposition that kind of like he got a little bit swamped him and Swift. But I thought Swift did okay, even though John Swift got a lot of abuse throughout the whole of the game. I don't know why Brentford fans hate him so much, but uh, they really do not enjoy his uh, presence in the ground. So, kind of losing, 1-0, not a disaster. Mark Bowen is going to have to kind of go into the next match against Leeds United and see how that goes. I mean, that's going to be a really tough match. They've got the second best away form in the whole of the league. Dave, how do you think that's going to go? Uh, I wish it wasn't the next game. Um, Same here. (laughs) I I think anyone that is expecting anything other than a ridiculously difficult game uh, is is kidding themselves. Um, I I don't hate Leeds. I don't like Leeds. Um, uh, You know, a lot of people are like obsessed with like, uh, you know, mad at them for everything they do. Um, 
I don't like them, but I don't really care too much about them. But you you see that there's a little bit more resilience to them this year as well. Um, so they they had a few setbacks. They had some bad results. They dropped out of the automatic positions, and and now they're back in there and and they're grinding out results. And um, I think the team's gone through another evolution um, to to give them that little bit more quality all over the field is is excellent. Um, all we can hope for is the fact that we've been decent at home recently um, may have one one part to it that, that is in our favour. Um, but I think much like we saw yesterday against Brentford, um, Leeds are going to set up to stifle what we're good at um, and we'll be more than capable of managing that. So I think we're going to see a similar level of frustration trying to get a chance, uh, trying to break them down and, and trying to uh create something that may look like we're gonna score jordan what are you thinking yeah i echo much the same really it's going to be a a really really difficult game um you know you mentioned pontus jansen this is a team that can decide that they don't need him and they've replaced him with a guy in in white who looks even better um so you know it's, it's a scary team i think realistically all we can really hope for is that you know bamford has an off day um and that we can maybe sort of nick something i think it'll be really interesting to see what happens with bulldog because a player like him could be massively important um to be honest um almost going back to the puskas point if everybody's if if bulldog is okay to play i, I would almost be tempted to go with bulldog and boye because those two are just pressed like mad and we're, we're just not gonna get much of the ball so at least we have two just real grafters up front I'd be tempted to do that if everybody's fit but it's going to be a tough one um you know I was thinking about this in the international break like the the interesting thing that will come with this team and with with Bowen is like how they react to a loss and then I was looking at the fixtures and thinking well actually it's probably going to be how do we react to two losses because these are just two really really tough games um so you never want to write off a game. You always want to give your your team a chance. That there is a chance we can like get something from this game. It, it wouldn't be, you know, absolutely un, unheard of. But I think it really is now. Like, how does this team get through the next game? And then and then can we look to do something better against against Wigan? The last thing you want is going from a really good run of games to then suddenly getting on a bad run of games. So as long as we can sort of damage limitation, get through this next one, and then and then focus on a slightly kinder run of, of uh, fixtures, that's that's what this team has to do, really. And that's it's on Bowen to to make sure that the, the squad is in the right frame of mind to do that, I think. Yeah, kind of, I don't know why, I feel slightly optimistic about it, which is completely mad. There's no logic behind that at all. <laughs> I just get this feeling that at one point Puskas is going to get a goal. And if he gets a goal, it's going to free us up. And I just like, I'm feeling it's slightly delusional, isn't it? It really is. But why not be like that if you're going to be a fan? Last time we beat them was in 2017. We beat them twice in that season, in that kind of year, actually. Sorry, because it was over two seasons. There was Mo Barry scoring the late goal at Ellen Road, then taking his top off and running around the whole of the ground, I think. Vito Minoni with a great last-minute penalty save. And then before that, in the uh, April the 1st of that year, 2017, 
there was Jan Kermigan scoring in a 1-0 win that took us, uh, obviously, ultimately to the playoff final, but we're cut off at that point because we want to talk about that. So I, I don't know, my head says definitely a Leeds win, but I'm going to be blindly optimistic. Why not? I'll be that role. I'll go for one all. Dave, what are you going to say? Uh, you mentioned Pushkas, and I just remembered it's on Sky, right? So yeah. yes, yes, gonna great get point. Yeah. Um, I can't be. Uh, I can't be that. I'm gonna go with a one-all draw. You're gonna do it as well, Jordan. Yeah. I, I, I'm gonna go for a one-nil loss then. <laughs> That's right. I think it's. I think you're the one with the most uh, actually realistic prediction there. Right in mine already. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're sinking in that one, Dave. You've given yep. up it. So thanks a lot for uh, listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, uh, give us some uh, ratings on iTunes. And don't forget, you can now follow us on uh, Instagram and Facebook and obviously on uh, Twitter. So cheers. And we will be back next Friday with the preview for the Wigan match. See you later then. Bye.